Hello and welcome to the Blackadder's Employment Team podcast, where you have your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. We are aiming to help you navigate the murky and often difficult world of employment law and make sure you keep on the straight and narrow with your staff. Welcome to Season 1, where we are covering disciplinaries or formal hearings where someone might be dismissed or fired. Our aim in this season is to guide you through conducting your own disciplinary procedures from start to finish, making sure you keep in touch with the law. Welcome to our third episode in a series of eight podcasts. This podcast is aimed at managers and business owners who require to conduct disciplinary proceedings. This includes formal disciplinary hearings with any of the following outcomes from verbal warning through to dismissal or summary dismissal. In this series, we intend to provide you with the eight steps you require to follow to ensure you conduct a fair dismissal. Throughout the series, we'll be focusing on misconduct, so we're not talking about performance-related dismissals or ill health. It's purely misconduct or gross misconduct. If you're not sure if that applies, listen to our previous episode, episode one or step one, where do I start? So we covered how to carry out an investigation in episode two, the next stage in the process to prepare for disciplinary hearing itself. In today's episode, we're going to cover the preparation before conducting a disciplinary hearing. Have you ever been asked to conduct a disciplinary hearing for a member of staff without being told what to cover or how to prepare? If so, that's exactly what we're going to help you with today. In this episode, we'll help you make the hearing much less of a daunting process than you anticipate. Tell me answer that question. I welcome back my colleague, my mentee, or my menace, <laughs> my colleague, Andrew Wallace. That's, that's a nicer introduction. Thank you. Uh, good morning, Simon. I have to admit it, uh, I didn't think I would, but I think JB's or Jack's done pretty well with the opening tune. It's growing on me. That opening tune is really growing on me too. I'm finding I'm humming it everywhere. I'm humming it in the morning, um, do, in the do, shower, do, 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 do. in the catchy. toilet. It's, it's far it's, too catchy. It's better than Little Mix, isn't it? Uh, much better than Little Mix. Oh, look at you still with the time sign. <laughs> well, that's bad. I've now managed to age this podcast. It's not going to be a timeless podcast. It's now aged when we're Little Mix in the charts. Okay, so let's today go on to the podcast. Today we're going to cover step three, preparing for a disciplinary hearing. Uh, but before Where do we, begin, we start? Before we begin, I thought it was worth mentioning that uh, today's National Cake Day, Simon. Did you, <laughs> did you know that? Okay, National Cake Day. Okay, what does that mean? Do I have to buy a cake or something? What does that mean? Well, I think that's where I was getting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll buy a cake on the way back to the office. A wee millionaire shortbread, is it? <laughs> you might get a tiffin if you're lucky. Oof, tiffin. <laughs> oh. That would be delightful. Thank you, Simon. <laughs> Get on with it. <laughs> yes, boss. Um, so what does the ACAS code say about preparing for disciplinary hearings? Well, basically the ACAS code requires that an employer has to carry out a disciplinary hearing before deciding on any disciplinary sanction and if they decide if any particular sanction is required. But before you contemplate preparing for a disciplinary hearing, you should ensure that a thorough investigation has been carried out. Uh, for some tips on how to carry out a thorough investigation, you should listen to episode two um, of this podcast done by Jack and Simon. Okay. And how do you know when a sufficient investigation has been carried out? Uh, well, basically it's when you're satisfied that the facts of the case have been established. A half-baked investigation could lead to a potentially rocky road for the employer <laughs> is that a national cake day reference half baked rocky road oh dear brace yourself I, i'm terrified surely i do the jokes in this podcast no uh depends depends <laughs> what we're doing okay so what you're saying is right a disciplinary hearing is only appropriate once you feel the facts have been established 
If then the person who carried out the investigation decides there's a case to answer, he or she should pass on the reins to a dismissed disciplinary officer yeah absolutely if your business is large enough uh, for someone else to hear the disciplinary hearing then this should be carried out by somebody more senior than the person who carried out the investigation Uh, this is so that they have an an impartial outlook on the facts and will not be intimidated to make a particular finding by someone of a more senior rank to them okay that makes sense yeah the need to rise above any altercations that have been involved in the proceedings before now was that another cake pun I think there might have actually been two in there, Simon. <laughs> just subtly. <laughs> My face is kind of the emoji face, the gritted teeth face just now, is what I'm pulling. Okay, so if it's decided a disciplinary hearing is required, the ACAS code dictates the employee should be notified in writing. It's very important that that is in writing. It can be letter or by email. It can't be a comment to an employee verbally at the employee's desk. So this letter is a crucial document in any disciplinary procedure and the ACAS code requires certain information to be included in the letter every time. So, Andy, what needs to be included in this letter? Yeah, well, Simon, yeah, the ACAS code does make it clear exactly what has to be in the letter, but um, to summarise, it has to make clear exactly what is being alleged by the employee, uh, or what has been alleged, sorry, that the employee has done. The purpose of the disciplinary is to give the employee the opportunity to answer the case against him, and he can't possibly do this unless the allegations to him have been intimated clearly. The allegations need to be specific. It needs to be state that it's alleged that you did X on this date uh, and this is what you're here to answer. You should check your disciplinary procedures beforehand and double check what conduct according to your procedures amounts to what disciplinary sanction. And that's a crucial point, isn't it? I suppose it's quite important for employers to be able to say, OK, well, let's look at our disciplinary procedures. What do we categorise as gross misconduct, misconduct, and make sure that when you're doing the letter, invitation letter, you're mirroring almost what it says? Yes, and we have quite a number of clients that have tried to squeeze a, a conduct into the gross misconduct when clearly it's specified in something that's less serious, as well, such as serious misconduct or simply misconduct, uh, and the sanction that goes with it should be as is dictated in the, in the disciplinary procedures. Yeah, indeed, that makes sense. Uh, also, the letter itself, going back to the letter, it needs to also include the possible consequences of the meeting. This includes any sanction you feel you might want to issue at the end of the hearing beforehand. If you feel you might want to dismiss the employee after the meeting, then this must be intimated to the employee as being a possibility in the invitation itself. If you were to dismiss the employee without including this in the letter before, it might turn a fair dismissal upside down cake into an unfair dismissal. <laughs> That is really scraping the bottom of the barrel there, Andy. That is a really, really poor pun. I honestly, I want to go home. Can I just go home now? Not getting any better. No, definitely not. (laughs) Getting worse, in fact. Okay, so the ACAS code also provides at this stage that any documents the employer intends to refer to be sent with the invitation, again, to give fair notice to the employee of the allegations against them. You're likely to want to include any minutes from any investigation meetings, especially any meetings with the employee, and your disciplinary procedure should be included too. So you need to not only make clear the allegations, possible consequences, any written evidence to be referred to, but you also need to make clear the time and venue of the hearing. That's quite an important point, isn't it, really? You want to make sure when the hearing is going to take place and where it's going to take place. Absolutely. You want to make sure that the hearing's far enough away uh, to give the employee enough warning of the meeting and give him time to prepare his um, defence to any of the allegations. 
Uh, although the ACAS code itself doesn't set out a specific timescale on how much warning an employee should be given prior to any such meeting, the ACAS guidance, which is not as powerful as the code itself, but it still does provide some useful uh, pointers on, on this issue, does recommend a 48-hour period after the invitation has been received by the employee as an appropriate timescale. Okay, so you want to basically make sure that when the date that the guy gets a letter, the employee gets a letter, 48 hours after the disciplinary hearing take place, yeah, not before. Absolutely, and you don't want to roll out the process too long. <laughs> it's the worst in the Great British Bake Off, isn't it? <laughs> Are there more of these? Please tell me that's any of your, your puns. Mel and Sue would be proud. <laughs> Almost there now. Hooray. <laughs> okay, so as we're saying, the invitation to disciplinary hearing is an important document during any fair dismissal. If you get this document right, it makes the rest of the process a lot simpler. The last piece of information that the ACAS code requires to be inserted in the invitation is to remind the employee of their statutory right to be accompanied at a disciplinary hearing by a fellow employee or a trade union representative. Yeah, that's an important point as well, Simon. It would be potentially an unfair dismissal if you didn't alert uh, this right to an employee beforehand. You should note that an employee is only entitled to invite a fellow employee or a trade union representative. They're not allowed to uh, bring along their spouse, their parent or their solicitor. The role of the companion is limited in these meetings, uh, but if these people are requested, an employer is entitled to say no. Whether the employer actually wants to say no is a matter for the employer themselves. It could also it could often be seen as being uh, something reasonable to allow an employee to bring along one of these uh, potential companions, but they not, do not legally have to allow anyone other than a colleague or a trade union representative into the meeting. Okay. Were you chewing on cake there, were you? Yeah, think, <laughs> thinking about the cake, definitely. <laughs> a piece of millionaire shortbread in your teeth. Um, yeah, I mean, that's an important point, isn't it, too? I mean, it, if you're an employer and you're faced with an employee saying, I'm not going to attend unless my neighbour attends with me, um, then you may want to make an exception and say, OK, well, although we normally allow a companion um, to be a colleague or trade union representative, for the sake of getting the meeting together, we'll allow this neighbour to attend. Um, but basically, what you want to do is make sure the employee knows there's a clear set definition of who can attend and who can't attend um so basically that's the way we do mm. um let's imagine a scenario andy if you were to be invited to disciplinary hearing for let's say um insubordination that doesn't sound very likely <laughs> well okay occasionally um who would you bring with you uh well in the very unlikely event that i was ever invited to, to a disciplinary hearing i would have to be bring along jack i think <laughs> jack's the person too is he definitely he gets employees out of most Sticky situations. Oh, honestly, my stomach's in knots, Andy. Okay, so that summarises our um, podcast, episode number three. Let's have three takeaway points. What takeaway points do we have from today's episode? Well, I think the first point to take away is um, when preparing to conduct a disciplinary hearing, you should make sure that the company has carried out a thorough investigation beforehand. If the investigating officer feels that there is a case to answer by the employee, he should pass this matter on to a disciplinary officer who has not been involved in proceedings beforehand. Okay, um, that's the first point. The second point, I guess, um, is that the employer needs to send the invitation, which is a very important document to proceedings. It needs to be in writing and requires to state the date and time of the meeting, the allegations and the possible outcomes. Um, that would be the second takeaway point. And the third takeaway point, I guess, um, is that the employer should also include in that letter um, a reminder of the right to be accompanied um, make sure the employee knows there is a statutory right to a companion, i.e. trade union representative or a fellow colleague. And it is as simple as that. You make it sound like a piece of cake, Simon. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop, stop. Enough, <laughs> enough. Let me finish. For, 
the cherry on top. Uh. If you do do everything correctly up to this point, you'll find that when you come to uh, conduct a display meeting itself, uh, it'll be much ado about muffin. Yuck. <laughs> that's I me. want I'm to done. go. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the worst episode yet. <laughs> Definitely the worst. Okay, thanks for listening, people. Um, we hope you enjoyed episode three. If you did enjoy that, please give us a review or a ratings on iTunes. Um, search for Employment Lawyer in your pocket. And when you find us, if you give us a rating or review, we would be very, very grateful, wouldn't we? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Any feedback is welcome. <laughs> very, very welcome. Um, thanks for your entertainment today. Um, and um, sorry for all the cheese cake. Hey, there he is. <laughs> I knew you weren't involved. <laughs> Still got it in me. Still got it in me. That's what, the, that's what brings the awards. <laughs> oh. Okay, um, cheers and cheerio. <laughs>